Hello, my friends, and welcome once again to the Deeper Daily Podcast for this ninth day of June. I want to invite all of you in the uh, Hurricane Culloden, West Virginia area. We are going to be there this weekend at the Grace Life Church. Details on our website. This is Pastor Jamie and Lisa Wright. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, we'll be uh, sharing the Word and enjoying the fellowship with God's people and we will be sharing those with you, uh, those sermons with you as we get them together. And But if you're in the area, we'd love to meet you. Come be with us. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. To this end, we labor or we toil and we struggle because we have our hopes set on the living God. We spent time with that yesterday. Here's the part that I think We could spend an almost limitless amount of time with, but don't worry, we won't. (laughs) Who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Now, the reason why I'm so intrigued by this is because this wording, he's the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Paul adds, especially those who believe, which gives us the indication that he is showing Christ as Savior of everyone, but then those who believe in him tap into something special. That's the root word of especially. Tap into something special about his role as Savior. I think one thing that we could be in reference to is back in chapter 2, and remember, Paul doesn't break this into chapters. So earlier in his letter to Timothy, back in chapter 2, he says this in verse 4, God, our Savior, desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's a simple, we kind of take that as this simple statement of, look, God wants everyone to know him. And one thing we can take from that, and we dealt with this when we were on that passage, is that God doesn't... One thing we usually say is that God doesn't get His way. Okay. That God wants everyone to be saved, but God doesn't get His way because, of course, everyone's not going to be saved. Then in chapter 4, verse 10, Paul declares God to be the Savior of everyone, but there's something special in believing. Now... We could. The reason why I think this could consume a lot of our thought is because we could go a long way into what the Savior of the world means without this last tack on, which is especially those who believe. So what would it mean for Jesus to be the Savior of the world? No one argues. I don't know of a believer in the world that argues if you say Jesus is the Savior of the world. We all say Amen. I also don't know anyone who ever tacks on after that statement, but he's really the Savior of people. He's especially the Savior of people who believe. Because if he's especially the Savior of people who believe, then what is he to everyone else if he's their Savior? Which leads us to the question of what does it look like for him to be the Savior of the world that doesn't believe if... Believing in him as Savior of the world makes him especially your Savior. So what is especially your Savior all about? I'm not going to try and give you some final answer on this. I really think this is one 
that's worth stirring over and has been, it's one that has sort of bounced around in the peripheral of my own spirit for a long time because I cannot be any more convinced that Christ is the Savior of the world, that it's not just individuals that he wants to save, but that he is the Savior of this place, the world, that whatever this world is going to be, it is going to be because Jesus did what he did. And because Jesus is who he is, and because Jesus will do what he will do, he who was, he who is, he who is to come. What he did at the cross, what he's doing in the earth, what he shall do on, in, and to the earth, to me, that makes him the savior of the world. But does Paul have in his purview that Christ is the Savior of the, all the men and women in the world, but that by believing on him, you tap into something special that you don't tap into by believing? If that's the case, then we could say that Christ has paid for all men, but you don't access all Christ has paid for in this life until you believe. And of course, that leads us to the statement of the question, rather, at least I know this is the question because this is the question that gets asked. I've asked it. People ask it of me. I've asked it of others. And that is if he is the savior of all men, but you don't tap into what he has without faith, what happens to those who don't tap into what he has by faith? If he's the savior of all men, does he cease to be their savior? somewhere in eons future because they didn't believe in him on this planet? These are great questions as far as I'm concerned. We don't even know which one we're supposed to ask. And the reason we don't know is we don't get to interview Paul and go, hey, when you said in 1 Timothy 4.10 that he's the savior of the world, especially those who believe, did you mean he's the savior of everyone who lives in the world or did you mean he's the savior of the world itself and that if you'll believe on him, he's a special kind of savior to you, aside from being the savior to the planet. Good question. Or did you mean that he is actually the savior of all of humanity, but you don't access that without believing on him? And if you'll believe on him, you can have the beginning taste. That's your water baptism, I think, at least. Because I do ad- adhere to the idea very much so, that what we're doing as followers of Christ is we're getting to tap into the, to the kingdom now in our own existence. We're getting to walk into the resurrection now. But that doesn't solve what happens to the guy that doesn't. In a practical stance uh, setting, the guy that doesn't believe doesn't get to walk into the life of the everlasting on this earth. What happens to him when he is dead? Well, that leads us down 15 different roads. And I can promise you, you can find 15 or 20 or 10,000 different quote-unquote theological responses as to what happens. That might be pushing it in this verse because Paul doesn't give us any more beyond that. But we do know that he has been talking about the present life and the life to come back in 7 and 8. This is a, a, a sure and worthy statement, full of acceptance. It's why we toil. It's why we struggle, because our hope is in the living God. He's the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. The NRSV uses people. 
He's the Savior of all people. So, wow. I think you can see now why I say you could go the rest of the month on this. We won't. I want you to just roll it around. See what it means. Here's the good news. You believe. So whatever is special about the Savior for those who believe, you get to enjoy that. God bless.